0: On this episode of the Grizz Podcast, we rip into Proverbs chapter 5, where God gives some much-needed warnings regarding sexual sin, and He also shows us the healthy alternative. If you're a Christian man who is struggling with sexual temptation, or if you find yourself stuck in sexual addiction, then this episode is specifically for you, my brother. So here we go. to The Grizz Podcast. Our mission is to guide, encourage, and equip you on your journey with Christ. It's time for you to rise up, honor God, and live manly. Now here's our host, Jason George. Drop! Yo, yo, what is going down on my brothers from other mothers around the world? Welcome back to The Grizz. Today is Wednesday, November 8th, 2023, when I'm recording this. I don't know when you're listening to this, but this is when I'm here recording it. And as usual, I'm coming at you from the Grizz Cave here in the beautiful low country of South Carolina. This is our third episode that we are not just recording the audio, but we are also recording the video. So if you want to check that out, go to our YouTube channel, The Grizz Podcast. If you don't like going to YouTube because of all the junk that's on YouTube, man, I get it. So you can always check out the video content as well as the audio content at our websites, narrowtrail.com, and we have another website, thegrizzpodcast.com. Anyway, I'm going to get right into the meat. No small talk for this episode. Let's get at it, dude. You know what I'm saying, Grizz style. All of us as Christian men are confronted with some form of sexual temptation every single week, whether it be with TV or social media or our workplace or school or the gym or just even driving around town or even in our own thoughts. Sexual temptation, as you know, is everywhere. And our Heavenly Father wants to help us overcome sexual temptation. Let me say that again. Our heavenly father wants to help us overcome sexual temptation and Proverbs chapter five, uh, through seven, all three of those chapters, Proverbs five, six, and seven is one of those places in scripture where our heavenly father is trying to do just that. So for this episode, I want to focus on what God says to us in Proverbs chapter 5. I won't be able to break down all of chapter 5 for this episode, but that's okay. We'll finish up the second half on an upcoming episode. All right, so I want you to listen to the word of Proverbs chapter 5. I'm going to read all of it, and then I'm going to begin to break it down for you, Grizz style, and I'm going to make some practical application for our lives today as Christian men. By the way, I am reading from the Legacy Standard Bible. It's a relatively new translation that I'm really enjoying and I highly recommend Proverbs chapter five. This is what it says. My son, pay attention to my wisdom, incline your ear to my discernment that you may keep discretion and that your lips may guard knowledge for the lips of a strange woman drip honey and smoother than oil is her speech, but her end is bitter than wormwood sharp as a two-edged sword. Her steps take hold of Sheol, her feet go down to death. Lest she watch the path of life, her tracks are unstable, she does not know it. So now, my sons, listen to me, and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house. Lest you give your splendor to others and your years to the cruel one, Lest strangers be satisfied by your strength and by your painful labor, those in the house of a foreigner. And you groan at your end when your flesh and your body are consumed and you say, how I have hated discipline and my heart spurned reproof. I have not listened to the voice of my instructors. I have not listened or inclined my ear to my teachers. I was almost in utter ruin in the midst of the assembly and congregation. Drink water from your own cistern and fresh water from your own well. Should your springs be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be for you alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and be glad in the wife of your youth. As a loving hind and a graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times. Be intoxicated always with her love. So why should you, my son, be intoxicated with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a foreign woman? For the ways of a man are before the eyes of Yahweh, and he watches all his tracks. His, his own iniquities will capture him Who is the wicked one and with the cords of his sin, he will be held fast. He will die for lack of discipline and in the abundance of his folly, he will stumble in intoxication. So with this chapter, Proverbs chapter five, the main thing we see here is a huge warning to the married man regarding adultery. We know it's a married man because it specifically mentions his wife in this chapter In verse 18, where he says to be glad in the wife of your youth. But this warning against adultery could really apply to any Christian man. Because remember, guys, God commands all of us as Christian men to abstain from all forms of sexual immorality, not just adultery, but all forms. That command is clear all throughout the pages of scripture, but I especially think of first Thessalonians chapter four verses three through five where it says for this is the will of god your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor not in lustful passion like the gentiles who do not know god listen guys The first thing that I want to point out as we begin talking about sexual sin is that we need to realize that it always begins in the heart and in the mind. Sexual sin always begins in the heart and in the mind. That's where we have to win the battle first and foremost, in the heart and in the mind. If you win the battle there, you're going to win the battle against the temptation to commit the actual physical act. Of sexual sin. You see, when a man is not winning the battle in his heart and in his mind, then don't be surprised when he eventually loses the battle against the actual physical act of sexual sin, such as having sex with his girlfriend or having sex with a random stranger from a hookup app or hiring a prostitute or having a sexual affair with a woman he knows from work or the gym or even from church, dude, I've seen it all. All of those physical acts began In the heart and in the mind. That is why we, as Christian men, have to address things like wayward thoughts, sexual fantasizing, second glances, and looking and lusting after images or videos on the internet. We have to address those things. You cannot leave those unchecked. You cannot blow them off as, you know, no big deal. You can't use that dumbass excuse that I hear guys say, well, there's nothing wrong with looking at the menu, man, as long as I don't, you know, <laughs> order. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't know what you're saying. That's so dumb and that's extremely unbiblical. All of those things I just mentioned, wayward thoughts, sexual fantasizing, second glances, and lusting after images um, or videos on the internet, they are the seeds that lead to more sin and worse sins that will lead to painful consequences upon your life, which you'll see later in this chapter, Proverbs 5, but you'll also see in Proverbs chapter 6 and 7. And this makes me think of the previous chapter, Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23, where God commands us, guard your heart with all diligence. For from it flow the springs of life. He says, guard your heart with all diligence. Why? Why would he say that? Because as I said, that's where sin's destructive process begins. It always begins in the heart and mind. James chapter 1 verses 14 through 16 reveals the same truth. When it says, but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin. When it is fully grown, when it is fully matured, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived. My beloved brothers. Did you hear that? Do you hear where it all starts? every single sexual affair all throughout human history began where it began with inner lust in the heart and in the mind. When that is left unchecked, a man is carried away by it. It conceives, it gives birth to sin, it grows, it fully matures. And what does it bring forth? Death, destruction, painful consequences. What we do as Christian men, with our eyes, with our imagination, it's a huge deal, man. It matters. That's where we need to fight the battle first and foremost. At our weekly online Climb Team meetings that we have, which are support accountability groups for Christian men who are struggling with porn or uh, some other unwanted sexual behavior, when we have those weekly meetings Uh, We have guys who show up week after week and they confess what's really going on in their heart and mind. They may share that they took some second glances at an attractive female at the gym, or they may confess that uh, they struggled with some memories of like a past sexual encounter, or they might confess that they linger too long on some images on social media that they know they shouldn't be looking at. Listen to me. Listen, that confession, that check-in is so good for them. Why? Because sinful secrets destroy us. Sinful secrets destroy us. It's good for Christian men to have a safe place to get those things out in some sort of support accountability group that accepts them but also pushes them to become better men. A place where it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Dude, if you're part of our climb teams, I'm going to push you. I'm going to get in your grill at times. I do not coddle men. It is often tough love. And why do I do that? Because sinful secrets will destroy them. And I don't want them destroyed. The lust that stirs in our hearts needs to be brought to the light. Confession is crucial. That's the beginning step of killing sin, of repentance, of the work of recovery. Confession is the beginning step, coming clean. It's not the only step, but it's a powerful first step. When guys confess those sorts of things, that is one of the ways to keep it from growing into more sin and worse sins that will blow up and have major painful consequences upon their life. When Christian men address sin in the beginning stages while it's still in the heart and in the mind, They're preventing it from birthing to more sin and worse sins. They're not allowing it to fully mature the way that it wants to. This is why every Christian man needs to be in some sort of support accountability group with other Christian men where they can find solid biblical guidance, encouragement, accountability, and be prayed for. Dude, take a hard look at your life. Who's asking you the hard questions? Who's asking you how you're really doing on the inside, in your heart and in your mind? Who's asking you if you looked at porn this past week or if you had sex with your girlfriend this past week or if you flirted with that married woman at work? Who's asking you those things? Who's asking you if you took time to get in God's word? Who's asking you how your marriage is really doing? Who's asking you how you're doing as a father? Who's asking you how you're doing with your health and fitness? I ask guys that kind of stuff every week in our climb teams. If the answer is nobody, dude, that's not good, man. That's not good. Let me grab a sip of my drink here, man. That's a dangerous way to live your Christian life. You're basically going solo. You're trying to be the Lone Ranger, and it doesn't work, guys. I don't care if you go and sit in a church service every single Sunday I don't care if you listen to Christian podcasts and read Christian books throughout the rest of your week, you're still basically going solo. And that's a dangerous way to live your Christian life. It's also an unbiblical way to live your Christian life. That's not God's plan. You're supposed to be connected and accountable with brothers in Christ and fighting the good fight of faith with them. And that requires them to ask the hard questions and you to ask the hard questions of them. Listen to what God's plan is for you pertaining to fighting lust with your brothers in Christ. 2 Timothy 2.22 commands us, flee, flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Now, I'll break that down for you real quick. Notice that verse of scripture gives us three clear commands. It tells us number one, what to walk away from, what to walk away from. It says flee youthful lust, what to walk away from That's separation. Number two, it tells us what to walk towards righteousness, faith, love, and peace. That's replacement. And then number three, it tells us who to walk with. It says, you do those things, you walk away from, and you walk towards righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from pure heart. That's connection. In that verse, we see the importance of separation, replacement, and connection. What to walk away from, what to walk towards, and who to walk with. We don't battle sexual temptation alone. We shouldn't battle sexual temptation alone. If you do, you're going to be losing the battle. We must keep ourselves connected, accountable, and fighting the good fight of faith and purity with a group, with a tribe, with a team of brothers from other mothers in Christ, Every single day of my life, I am not exaggerating. Every single day, I'm connected and communicating with brothers in Christ who are fighting the good fight of faith and purity. I do not go solo, not for a day. Those days are done. I'm not going back. This is what our weekly online climb teams are all about. You can go to our website, NarrowTrail.com, to learn more if you're interested in being part of one of those. We have one on Monday night, one on Tuesday night, one on Wednesday morning, and one on Thursday night. But you don't have to do our climb teams. If your local church offers something similar, then definitely go be part of it. Take the initiative. Don't wait for someone to reach out to you. If your church offers a good program like Celebrate Recovery, then go take the initiative and get in it you must take the initiative and go after it stop being passive and stop being like you know whining i wish somebody would just ask me if i wanted to come shut up get up and go now here in proverbs chapter 5 right at the beginning of this chapter the writer begins describing an adulterous woman and listen for us today This adulterous woman could represent any woman who is not your wife who is willing to engage in sexual sin with you. It could be a woman you actually know or a woman you don't know, like a woman from a hookup app or from a social media or from a porn site or from some sort of a private pay site like OnlyFans or Patreon or whatever whatever else is out there. And listen to what he says about this woman. Listen to the description of this dangerous woman. He says, the lips of a strange woman drip honey and smoother than oil is her speech. What does he mean by a strange woman? He's basically just saying, meaning she's not your wife. She's a strange woman because she's not yours, man. And it says, Her lips drip honey, and smoother than oil is her speech. That means, listen, it means her communication to you is sweet. It's enticing. It's tempting. It's smooth. It tastes good. It goes down easy. Man, it's so true. And this reminds me of what the great English preacher from the 1800s, Charles Spurgeon, said. He said, Evil things are easy things. Evil things are easy things. Think about that in your own life. It's so true, isn't it? Evil things are easy things. Remember that truth, my brothers. Good, godly, meaningful things that make a godly impact and reap eternal rewards. Those things take work. They take discipline. They take sacrifice. They take commitment. There's no Quicker, easy fix to those things. There is no hack when it comes to things that truly matter. So it says the lips of a strange woman drip honey and smoother than oil is her speech. But then look what he says it leads to verse four. But her end is bitter as wormwood. What is wormwood? It's a plant with a strong, bitter taste i've actually tasted it it's used in scripture as an analogy for punishment and sorrow smoother than oil is her speech but her end is bitter as wormwood so it's saying sexual sin tastes good it goes down easy but in the end it leads to bitter punishment and sorrow So right off the bat here in Proverbs chapter five, the father is trying to help his son understand what sexual sin leads to. It leads to punishment and sorrow. He's trying to get him to think temptation through to the end, to see past the mirage, to see past the bait That Satan offers and look at the deadly hook underneath. Sexual temptation is the bait that hides the hook. He then goes on and says that sexual sin is also a sharp two-edged sword. This imagery is another way of describing how deadly sexual sin is. A sharp two-edged sword. I got one right here. Let me get that. Hang on. Right here. You see this? You see this? You watching YouTube? That's a sharp two-edged sword. Dude, it will slice and dice you, man. It will make your life bleed. It goes on to say that it will lead to, verse 5, sexual sin will lead to death and shield. Dude, this is extremely strong language being used, meant to get our attention and wake us up from the tunnel vision that sexual lust puts us in. FYI, Sheol is the place of the dead. Sexual sin leads to death and Sheol, the place of the dead. Then we come to verse seven of Proverbs chapter five. And he says, so now my sons listen to me and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. I love how the book of Proverbs often comes across as a father talking to his son, trying to give his son wisdom for life to help him become successful, to keep him from ruining his life. He's not saying, hey, stranger, listen to me. He's not saying, "Uh, hey, neighbor, listen to me. He's not even saying, Hey friend, listen to me. No, no, dude. It is much more personal. It's much more intimate than that. He is a loving father talking to his sons. So now my sons, listen to me. Do not turn away from the words of my mouth. If you're a believer in Christ, then God is your heavenly father. He has adopted you into his family See Romans chapter eight, verse 15. It says, we have the spirit in us, which cries out, Abba, Father, you are one of God's adopted sons. His word, the Bible is him talking to you as a father to a son. And that's how you should read the Bible. He's trying to guide you. He's trying to warn you, encourage you, equip you. And why does God the Father give us commands in scripture? Why does he tell us not to turn away from his word? Two reasons. I learned this back in the day, like 30 years ago from Josh McDowell. Straight up, I really did. I was in college and I heard him say this. He said, God gives us commands in scripture for two reasons, to protect and to provide. And he based that out of what we see in the book of Deuteronomy when God starts laying out his commands for his people. He said it is always to protect and provide a better way for his people. He's not trying to take away our fun. Our Heavenly Father gives us commands because He knows what's best for us. He's the creator. We're His creation. He's the designer. We're His design. He knows what's going to harm us and what's going to help us. He knows the dangers that lie in wait for us if we don't do life His way. You know, I have three kids. They're all pretty much grown now. I have a 24-year-old, a 21-year-old, and an 18-year-old. Let me tell you something. I've had to give them a lot of commands throughout the years. Sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't listen. When a father tells his kids not to touch a hot stove, why is that? It is to protect them from getting burned. When a father tells his kids not to play in the street, why is that? It's to protect them from getting hit by a car or a tractor trailer. When a father tells his kids to get up and go to school, like we had to do with our 18-year-old daughter this morning because she was being lazy, and to do their homework, why is that? Because we're trying to provide a better future for them so they don't become an illiterate, poor, societal bum. So again, I say the father gives commands to to us for two reasons to protect and provide a better way of life. He's not trying to take away your fun here in Proverbs chapter five, verse seven. He says, son, listen to me. Do not turn away from the words of my mouth. He's saying, don't turn away from my commands. Don't ignore my commands. Don't blow them off and do life your way, man. I thought about, you know, what does that mean for us as Christian men today? And I thought it means Don't do what the majority of Western society has done. Don't turn away from the Bible. Don't turn away from the Bible. The Bible is your heavenly father's words to you. Don't turn away from it. We need to be men who stay in the word of God daily. We need to read it. We need to listen to it. We need to meditate upon it. We need to study it to understand it. We need to memorize it. We need to obey it. When a Christian man who has gotten involved in a sexual affair of some sort, when I see that, when I see a Christian man who has gotten involved in a sexual affair of some sort, I know that that man got away from making the word of God a daily priority in his life. I know that there came a point when he quit saturating his mind with scripture because you can't have a mind saturated with the word of God and be full of sexual lust at the same time. It's one or the other. What you feed grow grows and what you starve dies. You feed on the word of God, lust dies. You feed on lust and the word of God in you begins to die. It's one or the other. You choose. Every single day you choose. Every single day I have to choose. That's how it works. And as I said earlier, the battle with sexual sin is won or it is lost in the heart and mind. Long before that Christian man ever committed the actual physical act of sexual sin, his heart and his mind was compromised and consumed with sexual lust. It was not consumed with the Word of God. So you must be dedicated to being a man of the Word. You must daily saturate your heart and mind with God's truth. That means you get up every morning and you begin your day with the Word of God in prayer. No excuses. You, You have to have Listen, guys, a morning routine that involves that, period. No excuses. Stop your lame excuses. If you miss a morning, no big deal. Get right back at it the next morning. But if you miss two mornings, dude, that's a problem. You are now... Working on relapse. Listen to me, guys. You're either working on recovery or you're working on relapse. That's how it works. You cannot miss your daily time with the word and prayer. There is no excuse for not doing this in 2023 with all of the various ways scripture is available to us via paper or via digital format. With the Bible app, you can read it or you can have it even read to you. How easy is that? With podcasts today, you can hear... The best Bible teachers, expositors on the planet for free. So in Proverbs chapter five, verse seven, when the father says, so now my sons, listen to me and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Dude, God is saying to us today, don't turn away from the Bible. Don't neglect it. Don't ignore it. Don't blow it off and go do life your way. Be a man of the word. You will never live a transformed life until you have a transformed mind. And you will never have a transformed mind if you don't get in the Word of God daily. Charles Spurgeon said, be walking Bibles. Be walking Bibles. He also said, the Bible in the memory is better than the Bible on the bookcase. All right, enough said on that point. Then the father drops this crucial command, a serious warning. Verse 8, he says, keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house oh my goodness dude this is so good this is so important right here if you learn this if you take heed to this it's a life changer i'm gonna break this down for you but first let's take a quick break i'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick and uh, get a refill on my drink. And you can chew on what you've been hearing thus far here on the Grizz Podcast. One, 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 one. Me calling you, but you wanted some but I see that you're all in two frontin' ain't no future in your front and so let's get it on like Robin Gay. Take the cash and spit it on the hood of your wick, whack, low riding Cadillac. Back up your boys, and let's start the battle act. Like, like you know, the mass the ace don't play when it comes to my base. Ah, check it out, baby. Check it out. Baby. Oh, that is so good back to Proverbs chapter five. So the father drops this crucial command, a serious warning. Verse eight, he says, keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house. First of all, who is the her uh, that he's talking about here? Keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house. Well, we know from the previous verses that he's Obviously, talking about the adulterous woman. But again, for us today, as I said earlier, this adulterous woman could represent any woman who is not your wife, who is willing to engage in sexual sin with you. Even a woman online who wants you to click on her images or videos to lust after her. It could represent any woman like that. The father says to his son, keep your way far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. Notice, guys, he's not simply telling him, My son, do not have sex with the adulterous woman. Dude, you know why? His son already knows that command. Most Christian men know that they shouldn't be sexually involved with any woman who's not their wife. They know that, but yet they still easily fall into sexual sin. Why is that? Because they don't heed the godly wisdom of Proverbs 5.8 right here, where the father tells his son to keep his way far from her, to not even go near the door of her house. Guys, listen, stay far away from sexual temptation. Stop edging close to it. That's what he's saying to his son. Why would his father say this to him? Because he knows that when it comes to sexual temptation, we are extremely susceptible to it. Did you know that the Bible never ever says for us to resist sexual temptation? Read the whole Bible for yourself. You'll never find that. The Bible always says for us to flee from sexual temptation and sin, to get the heck away from it and get it the heck away from us. Separate from it. Stop remaining in the same vicinity with it. This is exactly what Joseph did when his master's wife Uh, Potiphar's wife sexually came on to him back in Egypt, back in Genesis chapter 39. Joseph never stuck around and tried to resist her sexual propositions. He didn't try to test his willpower. He didn't try to see how spiritually strong he was. He was smarter than that. He did the wise thing. He did the biblical thing he ran. He got the heck out of there, man. Why? Because that's what a wise man does when it comes to sexual temptation. You get the heck away from it and you get it the heck away from you. You do exactly what the father says to his son here in Proverbs chapter 5 verse 8. Keep your way far from her. Do not even go near the door of her house. Man, I remember years ago when I was a young youth pastor, Back in the day, being at a winter ski retreat in Pennsylvania with hundreds of teens, and Pastor Kenny St. John was our guest speaker for that retreat, and he was teaching on this same wise biblical principle, and I will never forget him saying, this is the way he worded it, if the sin is wrong, then the road to sin is wrong. If the sin is wrong, then the road to sin is wrong. It's tattooed in my brain, man. This is exactly what the father is saying to his son right here in Proverbs 5.8. It's exactly what your heavenly father is saying to you today through this podcast. If the sin is wrong, then the road to sin is wrong. Keep your way far from her. Don't even go near the door of her house. So what does this look like for us as a Christian man in our world today? Let's get real practical, shall we? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right. So you single men who are dating, listen to me. You shouldn't even be home alone with your girlfriend ever. Keep things public and accountable. You shouldn't be alone in a hotel room with your girlfriend ever. I know some of you might be thinking like, do you really got to say these things? Like, don't people just know this? No, they don't. You shouldn't be alone in a parked car at night where no one else is around with your girlfriend ever or alone in your dorm room with her ever. Keep things public and accountable, young guys. I'm trying to help you. Yeah, but you know, man, we just need some alone time to talk privately and share our feelings and stuff. (laughs) Great. I'll tell you what you do. Go find a restaurant or a coffee shop with a table away from everyone else and talk privately and share share your, your, your feelings and stuff over there. Stay in a public place where others can see you. You're going to be better off for it. The relationship will be better off for it. Guys, it is worth the wait. Sex is a gift from God, but it is a wedding gift that is supposed to only be opened on your wedding night. Stay in a public place where others can see you. Don't ruin a good thing that you got going on with your Christian girlfriend. Don't turn a good relationship with her that honors God into something sinful that sins against her, sins against you, sins against her parents, sins against your future children, or you're going to regret it. She's going to regret it. Does God forgive sexual sin? Yes, absolutely. Romans 6, man, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Praise God for that. But listen, there will always be consequences. Just because God forgives sin, there will always be consequences to the sin. And that's what the father is trying to help his son avoid. Painful consequences that are the result of indulging in sexual sin. Remember, the father doesn't give commands to take away your fun he gives commands to protect and provide for you remember what we just went over earlier sexual sin goes down easy but it's bitter as wormwood sharp as a two-edged sword where's my sword sharp as a two-edged sword you get what i'm saying it leads to death and she keep your way far from her don't even go near the door of her house that's why the father says that he knows what it leads to so what does that look like for us married men in our world today let's get practical shall we talking to the married men stop flirting with women at work with women at the gym with waitresses with bartenders with the golf cart girl who serves drinks on the golf course. It's inappropriate. You're edging. You're trying to hold fire close to your body and not be burned, as it says in Proverbs chapter 6, which I'll eventually be teaching on. Guys, stop the flirting. You're married, man. Stop checking women out sexually. Stop the second glances. Stop trying to catch a peek stop the mental fantasies. And I know how easy it is. Stop. You want to know who does those things on the daily? Predators. Predators. Is that what you are? As a Christian man, you're supposed to be a protector, not a predator, not a pervert. I've lost count of the number of of Christian guys who have come to me over the last, geez, I don't even know what it is now, 27 years of ministry. They've come to me. I've lost count of them in tears, confessing about how their friendly, flirtatious affair with a coworker or a lady friend at the gym or a lady at church suddenly turned into a sexual affair or how they just randomly ended up At a dirty massage parlor getting a happy ending. I've heard it all. Or how they just randomly ended up at a strip club that ended with a whole lot more than a lap dance. And guess why they're coming to me? Because the pleasure of sexual sin is over. It's only short-lived. And now they're facing the end result. And it's bitter as wormwood. Sharp as a two-edged sword, it leads to death and shield. And they're feeling that. They've destroyed their marriage. Some have destroyed their relationship with their kids when they've been exposed. Some destroyed their career, their ministry, friendships, reputation in their community. And they cry to me. They're full of regret. Wishing they could go back and undo all of it and saying things to me like I was so stupid. It wasn't worth it. I know better. I should have listened to those who warned me. You know who they didn't listen to? Most of all, they didn't listen to their heavenly father's wisdom here in Proverbs chapter five, verse eight. Keep your way far from her do not even go near the door of her house they started edging closer and closer to sin sexual sin and they did it more and more frequently more and more frequent edging a little edging here a little edging there i'm just looking at the menu man (laughs) yeah you know like man it's not like i'm gonna order anything i'm just looking man nothing wrong with that I said it before, you're a dumbass. You shouldn't even be in the restaurant. You shouldn't even be near that restaurant, let alone looking at the menu. Listen to me, guys. I mean, really listen. Don't try to see how close you can get to sexual sin without going all in. In recovery, we call it edging. You're not wired to handle that. Man, I'm not wired to handle that. I know, believe me, I know. I know how easy it is to do some edging. I've done it more times than I can count. It's stupid. It's dangerous. If you keep edging, if you remain comfortable with edging, you're going to eventually end up falling hard. And you're going to hurt a whole lot more than just yourself. There are far wiser and godlier men than you and I who have fallen into sexual sin. Do you not realize that? Look at King David, who was called in scripture, a man after God's own heart. You know, this is the exact same David who was so full of faith that he stood before the mighty Philistine giant, Goliath, that no one else would face. And he struck him down. He struck him down with a sling and a stone. And he then he goes over and he took his sword out from Goliath. And he cut his head off. And then he had his head, Goliath's head, delivered to King Saul back in Jerusalem. And then he took his weapons as a trophy, put it back in his tent. How cool is that, right? But then, later in life, that same David began to compromise. He took multiple wives and concubines for himself. That's what pagan kings did. God's word forbid his king to do that. David did it anyway. And David didn't stop there. His sinful compromises grew into more sin and worse sin. It always does. If you don't address it, if you don't get help, if you don't begin the work of repentance and recovery, It always grows into more and worse. You know the rest of the story for King David. He ends up committing adultery with Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. And she ended up pregnant with David's child. And then, to try and cover all of it up, he has her husband, Uriah, murdered on the front lines of battle. Because he wanted to make it look like he married Bathsheba... And got her pregnant after her husband was killed. It's all a big lie. But just like it says at the end of Proverbs chapter 5. God saw all of it. David wasn't going to get away with any of it. Because God sees all of it. Proverbs 5 verses 21 and 22 says, for the ways of man are before the eyes of Yahweh. And he watches all his tracks. His own iniquities will capture him. With the cords of his own sin, he will be held fast. My point in saying all this about David, just took me a long time to get there, is that if David fell in to sexual sin, you better believe that you can too. I can too. Dude, we are all capable. We are all one decision away from stupid. Makes me think of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to man. You know what that verse screams to me? You're not as strong as you think you are. None of us are. There are so many good Christian men, great spiritual leaders that I've personally known throughout my life who have fallen into sexual sin. You know why? I give you a big reason. Maybe the number one reason. They didn't stay far away from it. They kept edging near the door of our house again and again and again. And they overestimated their willpower and they underestimated the power of their sinful flesh when it's in the presence of sexual temptation. And down they went. And then the enemy sings this song. Let me pull that up. Down they went. And then the enemy Sings this song right here. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. And another, another one done. another, another one, gone. one gone. Another one bites the dust. Hey, hey. gonna we'll get you too. Another one bites the dust. You think I'm trying to be funny? I listen to that song. It's on my workout playlist at the gym. Every time I listen to it, that's what I think of. I think about so many good Christian men, great spiritual leaders that I've personally known throughout my lifetime who have fallen into sexual sin. Another one bites the dust. Every year I hear about another one. Another one bites the dust. I don't want to be one of them. I don't want you to be one of them. Are you going near the door of her house or are you keeping yourself far away from it? Let me say it again, my brothers. Many good Christian men have fallen into sexual sin because they kept edging near the door of her house again and again and again. And again, and they overestimated their willpower and underestimated the power of their sinful flesh when it's in the presence of sexual temptation. Some of you guys, you aren't flirting with women in person. You're staying away from that. And I'd say good job to you, but you're having an online sexual affair with women. And this is so easy to do. And it's so easy to minimize because you think it's not a real affair, but it's still a sinful sexual affair when you're looking and lusting after attractive women on porn sites or on Instagram or on TikTok videos or on Twitter or on whatever. It's still a form of cheating on your wife. You need to hear it. I need to hear it. It's still a form of cheating on your children because you're not being faithful to their mother like they think you are. Like they expect you to be as their dad, as the husband to their mom. You wouldn't be looking at those images or videos online if your wife and kids were right there. And you single guys, you wouldn't be looking at those images or videos online if your mother or your girlfriend were right there. I know that for sure. Here's what it comes down to. Why are you even going near the door of her house. That's what I have to ask myself. I know what it's like to get online or be on social media and your attention is captured by the profile pic of an attractive female on a social media or a TikTok video or maybe you see a YouTube thumbnail. You think I don't notice that? I see that. she looks good she looks sexy your sinful flesh once more and then you pleasure yourself it's sin it needs to stop you're playing with fire man and it's going to burn you those women online are not your wife and that means they're not yours to look at what you're doing with your smartphone That's a secret online sexual affair. And remember what I said at the beginning of this episode. Sinful secrets destroy us. Sinful secrets destroy us. It will destroy the good things in your life. Guys who join our CLIMB teams, I asked them, what has porn stolen from you? Or what has that sexual affair stolen from you? What has getting involved in, you know, premarital sex what's that stolen from you like why are you here you're here because obviously something's wrong you want something to change it's not what you thought it was what's it stolen from you here's what they say inner peace my closeness with god joy confidence my mood my energy levels my focus good sleep, my motivation for goals, even for working out, fitness. It destroyed the uh, the closeness, the love in their marriage. It destroyed their relationship with their kids, their kids' respect for their father. They lost that. Their kids lost that for their father destroys has destroyed some of them, their ministry. Some of them are completely have been removed from ministry as a pastor, as a youth pastor, as a worship leader destroys their testimony, the godly influence that they once had where people looked up to them and would come to them to get help. They've lost that. bitter as wormwood sharp as a two-edged sword leads to death and shield the place of the dead i've said it before here on the Grizz podcast i'll say it again i believe that pornography is the number one issue holding christian men back from experiencing god's best for their life i believe that porn has become the number one tool The enemy uses to keep Christian men from stepping up and fulfilling their destiny. I know it was for me. Statistics say that about 70% of Christian men admit they struggle with pornography. Of Christian men ages 18 to 30, 77% said they watch porn at least monthly. At least monthly. And within that group, 36% of them said they watch it daily. And overall, two thirds of Christian men watch porn at least monthly. And 37% of those said they seek it out several times per week. This is not okay, my brothers. We must be different, we must be better, we must be godlier. We're called to be protectors, not predators, not perverts. And that's what you're being when you go to all of that. That's what predators do on the daily. That's what perverts do on the daily. Which one are you? Listen again to the words from your heavenly father as we wrap up. For the lips of a strange woman drip honey. And smoother than oil is her speech, but her end is better as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. It leads to death and shield. So now, my sons, listen to me and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her and do not even go near the door of her house we'll stop here for this episode and we're going to pick it up soon this is more than enough meat to chew on for now think deeply on these things my brothers i know i am i have been and i'm going to continue to do so ponder these things in the depths of your heart and mind and listen if you're a christian man who is guilty of of sexual sin, and you feel that right now, you're deeply convicted. Then do what the Bible says and do it today. Number one, confess it to God. I mean, out loud, get on your face before him and name your sins. Give it all to him. Confess it. This is what I've done. This is what I've looked at. This is what I've said. This is what I've thought. All of it. Get it out renounce it as wrong sinful disgusting to god god this is what i have done i am sorry first john one verses eight and nine says that uh, if we have if we say we have no sin you know we're liars and the truth is not in us and it goes on to say in verse nine but if we confess our sins we christians if we confess our sins He, Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. So confess it to God. Get that cleansing, that forgiveness. And number two, confess it to a brother in Christ who can actually help you. James 5.16 talks about confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. Don't just confess it to God. Confess it to a brother in Christ who can actually help you. And number three, repent. Repent. That means turn away from it. Don't go back to it. Turn away from it and turn to better things with, remember, you don't do it alone. You don't go solo. No Lone Rangers with a group of brothers in Christ who are doing the same. Turn away from it and turn to better things with a group of brothers in Christ who are doing the same. That's 2 Timothy 2.22. Do it. Jesus didn't just die on the cross for you to have forgiveness and eternal life in heaven. Man, he also died so that you can live a transformed life that makes a godly impact upon this jacked up world. So, you need to confess it to God, confess it to a brother in Christ who can help you, and you need to repent. And that means turn away from it and turn to better things with a group of brothers in Christ who are doing the same. Stay tuned for a few closing items of Grizz Biz. Mm -hmm. Let's wrap it up completely. Thanks for listening, guys. I mean it. Please take a minute. Leave us a quick rating and review wherever you listen to the Grizz Podcast. Just put me on pause right now. Leave us a quick rating and review. It really does help. Also, if this episode was a blessing to you, if it challenged you, if it convicted you, motivated you, if it did a roundhouse kick to your face, then copy the link. And please share it with a friend or your men's group or on social media and be a blessing to someone else who needs it. And sometimes a blessing is not giving them what they want, it's giving them what they need. If you'd like to connect with me personally, there are links to my email, website, and social media in the show notes. If you're listening on Spotify, I don't think it gives you the show notes, so go to our website to get that, narrowtrail.com. Also, if you're a regular listener to the Grizz podcast, if you're just getting episode after episode and it's blessing you, would you please consider becoming one of our monthly supporters for as little as 10 or $20 per month? Go to our Give page on our website to set that up, narrowtrail.com. Or you could take your phone right now. You could text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, GIVE to 301 888 6860 301-888-6860. You can give any amount that you want. I promise it's safe, it's secure, it's easy. You can make a one-time donation or set it up for you know, uh, recurring giving. You can cancel at any time. Guys, we're a non ministry, and we give this helpful content away for free, but it's not free, free sorry, for us to do what we do. We fully rely upon the faithful prayers and the financial support of listeners just like you. So your one-time gift to our ministry or recurring gift is needed and appreciated. Also, get Covenant Eyes monitoring software installed on all of your devices, on your kids, on your teens' devices. Be proactive about that. Go to CovenantEyes.com, sign up, and at checkout, use the promo code GRIZZIN, G-R-I-Z-Z-I-N, GRIZZIN, to get your first month completely free. If you're interested in some one-on-one coaching with the GRIZZ, or looking into our climb teams, go to our website, narrowtrail.com. You can fill out a short online application. That's it for now, guys. Thanks for listening. It means a lot to me, sincerely. There are like a million podcasts in the world today, and you're listening to The Grizz. Man, I appreciate it. Remember, The Grizz is not a big deal. I'm just a man, just like you guys, fighting the fight with you. The one who is a big deal, the leader who you really need to look to, is the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll be back at you soon with another epic episode of Grizz. Until then, honor God, live manly, and don't be another one who bites the dust.